0: Hey everybody, what is up and welcome to this, I'm going to switch it over here, I'm just uh, testing something out, Uh, but welcome, like I said, to this live, as we speak, it is 8.06 a.m. Pacific Time on this Wednesday, January 22nd, 2020, yes, I do not have to work today, um, as usual, as it's been Wednesdays lately, but I am here to give you guys a bit of a Royal Rumble uh, preview, um, if you will, a bit of a Royal Rumble preview and predictions. Yes, the Royal Rumble, in case you guys don't know, um, is this upcoming week. Uh, Live on pay-per-view and the WWE Network from Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas. Yes. Houston, Texas is going to be hosting the Royal Rumble this year from Minute Maid Park, home of the now controversial Houston Astros. So you got to wonder if knowing WWE, they might take a stab at that. So... Anyway, the Royal Rumble, it's an event that's been going on uh, since about 1988. I know you're thinking, whoa, that long? Yeah, that long. It's been going on for, for almost, ladies and gentlemen, since for about 30 years. matter of fact, 30, 32 years, as a matter of fact, will be this year, uh, um, depending on how some of you look at it. You could look at it as 33. Some of you could look at it 32. But it's been that long. So yes, the Royal Rumble is going to be in its 32nd or 33rd year, depending on how you uh, look at it um, from that perspective. Now, you might be asking yourself, Um, why is the Rumble being, you know, taking place at Minute Maid Park? Well, long story short, the WWE made the decision that if they're going to do WrestleMania primarily in football stadiums, you know, because of the, you know, massive size of the event, that they decided that to counter that with the event that kind of begins the road to WrestleMania, which is the Royal Rumble, to counter that or make a connection, if you will, that, with WrestleMania being in football stadiums, they're going to put the Royal Rumble in baseball stadiums to kind of, I guess you could say, put everything on an equal basis. Like, you know, WrestleMania is a big deal. It's got to be in a big venue like a stadium. Royal Rumble's the road to WrestleMania. It's a big deal. Let's put it in a semi-big stadium. You know, so there you go. So yeah, that's what's going on there. Hold on for a sec. But yeah, that's what's going on there basically is um, that's the kind of the connection happening uh, with both events. Now. That's what I'm looking for. Sorry, guys. I was looking up uh, a name here. But yeah, that's what's going on right uh, now um, as we speak. um if you will so yeah a lot's going on and so yeah so I' just type in something here So, yeah, a lot's going on. So, okay, so anyway, getting back on topic here. (laughs) uh, A lot of you are probably looking at the Rumble and thinking, well, you know, know, what's involved in it? Who's involved? What matches are we getting? Especially if you kind of knew that there was a Rumble happening. And look, the one thing about WWE... Lately, and I think we can all agree upon this, is they have not gotten their act together lately. It's like every. What I'm trying to say is it's almost like the booking a lot of the shows on the fly. That's what they're doing. They're booking a lot of the shows on the fly. It's like they have a gist, an idea of what certain matches they're going to do. But when it comes to like how to fill the time that they have, they just. They just don't know what the, they just don't have any clue of what they're doing you know what i'm saying you know they just don't um have a clue as to you know what they're doing um at the moment and i think that's what's hurting them again like i said they i know that didn't make any sense but and it's early it's about 8 12 in the morning when i'm doing this Uh, but anyway, like I say, they just don't have any idea, you know, what else to put on there. It's like, it's almost like, in a sense, they're kind of like there's a turmoil within the WWE right now. It's like they know they got hardcore fans that are always going to attend these kind of events, no matter how big the venue, and they know that along with those hardcore fans, they're going to have the casual fans as well or they're established fans, how do they balance things out? Because they know that if they don't make a decision that's correct, or they don't put a match that people want to see on the card, you know, people are not going to be happy. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, anyway, how how does this rumble come into play when it comes to that? Well, nobody really knew many of the matches just yet we knew a couple of matches. We knew one of the primary championship matches was going to be Daniel Bryan and The Fiend for the Universal Championship. We know that after that, Becky Lynch will be defending against Oscar in a rematch from last year. So we knew those matches were happening. We didn't know anything else. So the question, though, is what other matches are we going to have Or are we just going to have the matches that are announced, so they can focus more on the rumbles, give more time to who's going to be in the rumble matches? um, You know, instead of just you know trying to buy for time or or something like that. Because you know, to me, it's like if you're going to do the Royal Rumble, that's fine. I, I have no no problem whatsoever on that. If you guys are going to do the Rumble, that's fine have no problem whatsoever you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do that but the question is the question is um, how do you plan to... Really space a lot of stuff out? How do you plan to not only make the rumble matches feel important because right now they really don't. i mean how how do you make them feel important? how do you how do you make the you know how do you make the rumble matches feel important? How do you make these individual matches feel important? I mean, what do you do how do you how do you make this all feel? Like it's going to be worth people spending the money to enter Minute Maid Park to watch, to spend or pluck down $9.99 for the for the network or sign up for it. How do you convince people to spend 49 to 59 dollars on cable on demand just to you know watch this when it happens? How do, how do you convince them? How do you get people to say, yeah, don't worry, this is going to be worth your time? You see that that's the question I think they need to ask themselves. They they honestly need to ask themselves like you know what is the best scenario? What is the best option and solution when it when it comes to this? So So anyway I know I sound like a rumble, Like I said, it's early. Well, while I'm doing this, it's about eight sixteen in the morning Pacific time. So, anyway, let's get on with why you're here, and that is the Rumble itself. But well, like I said, you know they got a lot to really WWE's got a lot to really live up to uh, with this Rumble. They've got a basically they've got one more show after this, and we'll probably get another match or, to, match or so. Um, added to it, maybe on the pre-show on SmackDown or even 205 live, maybe even NXT for all we know. So we got tonight on NXT. We got Friday with SmackDown and 205 live to see if anything else will be added pre-show wise or on the main card. Um, anyway, though, anyway, though, let's, let's get into the rumble itself. Let's get into the event itself. Because I know it's been about 11 minutes, so I do apologize for that. You know, I do apologize. So uh, let's get into the Rumble match itself, shall we? Oh, well, into the event itself. And we're going to start off with a match that was recently signed. And some people were pointing out to Alex, just Alex, on here on YouTube, formerly Deluxe Man, when he did his Royal Rumble preview last night. He listed off a lot of the matches, but he didn't list off this match because I don't know if he caught it, caught the fact that it was happening or what, I don't know. But the match that was recently added is going to be a singles match for the United States Championship, and that's Andrade Cianamis versus Herberto Carrillo. Now, some people are thinking that, now I'm pretty sure a lot of people are saying right now that Andrade is going to win. He's got Zelina, he's going to win. But it looks like from what I could tell from the backstage interview that you saw on uh, WWE's YouTube page, Herberto maybe they might be starting, uh, speculation here, guys. They might be starting a trend, a storyline with Herberto or whoever comes in next, questioning Andrade's manhood. In other words, saying, if you're a man, face me like a man. Don't depend on her. Because if you watch the ladder match, and I didn't watch it, but I heard it was go, uh, heard it was good, Zelina climbed on top of the freaking ladder. It shows you she is desperate to keep that championship around Andrade and over, and uh, you know, with Andra- around Andrade's shoulder, waist, and around her as well. So you gotta wonder that they they gotta figure out figure out a way to counter that. And when Sin Cara, uh, before he was let go, was doing his mini feud with Andrade. He brought in somebody. It was on it was obviously Donna Palazzo, I think, um under a mask, but they brought her in to count as Elena. So you have to wonder are they going to do something similar for Roberto uh Roberto Carrillo when he faces Andrade Sunday at the Rumble or down the line. Now, as far as the match goes, uh, this match has just been announced, so I don't think Andrade is going to lose. I really don't. But if he does, that'd be a surprise because one thing we have noticed, even though they haven't really put too much emphasis on it yet, is there's a little bit of dissension between Andrade and Zelina. Like Andrade loses a big time matchup, you know, blame gets shifted between, between both of them. So one has to wonder, um, if they decide to pull the trigger and put the belt on her, on, on Corleo, um, if you're going to start going back to that dissension between the two um, afterwards, you know, at the Rumble, we we don't really know. But my my suspicion, my honest suspicion and well, my not my my honest suspicion is, yeah, they might, you know, just to get people talking, they might pull the trigger, you know, on a title change to get people talking, saying, see, you didn't see that coming. Maybe turning into a rumble wasn't that bad an idea after all, right? So they might pull the trigger just to get people talking and you know get those people to uh, watch the rumble, even if it's the replay or whatever. You know they say, yeah, we gotta. You know we uh, we we uh, uh, dropped the we basically uh, took the title off Andrade, put it on Humberto Colillo. Who knows? Uh, we'll have to wait and see what they do. Uh, my prediction is Andrade is going to retain, but he's going to retain by disqualification. And what I mean by that is Zelina is going to interfere to the point that the referee is going to have, an, is no longer going to have enough, of, is basically have no choice but to fire. I mean, not fire, but disqualify Andrade. However, what I would find interesting is because since she since they made the announcement that she was going to get called up, I wonder if maybe to really emphasize that perhaps Andrade is not as good as he says he is uh, without, you know, without Zelina's help, I wonder if they're going to bring in that female referee. I can't think of her name right now, but if they're going to bring in the female referee to referee the match. Because I would love to see that. That's the one thing. I think they should do whenever Andrade has a match and the leaders at ringside, you should have that female referee there because she doesn't take no crap. And yes, yeah, there are similarities to that head female referee in AEW. I'll give you that, but she also here, I can't think of a name. She doesn't take no crap either. So I would not be surprised if they have her referee, the match at the rumble, we thought it's on the pre-show or the main card. And then before the match starts, get out, out of the ring point to Zelina and say You're out of here oh by the way Before this match starts you're out of here Because I don't trust you you're gone They need to do that They need to do that with They need to bring in that female referee to do that You know why because It would Because it, you know what Even though it puts a referee kind of in a program It basically shows that Zelina Because it, it, here's the thing the male the men the the male referees can't touch the Zelina they can eject her but they can't touch her and the way she's portrayed she'll try to stay a ring say no matter what you get that female referee in there and you know I got a feeling you know you'll have something right then and there that you have a moment right there that people are going to like i mean i guarantee you you have that female referee again i can't think of her name right now let me let me look her up let me let me look her up Let me look her up. I think I know what her name is. Hold on. Jessica Carr. Jessica Carr. Okay, Jessica Carr. She's a full-time female referee on SmackDown. But doesn't mean she's just limited to, to SmackDown, Okay. And from what I could tell, she's a former professional wrestler, and she, she, and I say this respectfully, she's a big girl. She looks like a strong, big girl. So I would not be surprised if they get Jessica Carr or if they get Jessica Carr to eject. Zelina to referee this match Because that's the only thing That's the only thing that I think You know, holding That, uh, I wouldn't say holding But basically Would make this an interesting uh, Scenario So I think You get Jessica Carr To referee this match At the Royal Rumble You put on loan from Smackdown For this Raw match then you might have a title change because then you could play up the story that everybody will, everybody from Humberto to Ray Mysterio to everyone, man and woman on the raw brand will point to Andrade and say, see, you couldn't win without Zelina was gone. And look what happened. You lost. You can't win without her because you become too dependent or something. like. They can play up the storyline that Andrade can't do the job, can't get the job done on his own because he's dependent on Zelina. So, I again, I think putting Jessica Carr uh, into that scenario, I think, would be a great idea. And you know what? I say, do it. I say, honestly, do it. Put her in. Make her the referee for the match. Have the first thing she does is eject Zelina Ve- Vega. Or, or you have a male referee in there and then you have the referee and then you have him eject Zelina. Zelina refused to go. You have Jessica Carr come down and you basically show how powerful she is, not just as a referee. And you have what I'm saying is you have Jessica Carr come down and not only do you show the fact that she's a full-time referee, a female one, but you show how strong she is by basically having her pick up, up Zelina and carry her to the back along with other referees' help to make sure the match is a fair one-on-one match. So, I think, honestly, that's what they need to do. That is what they need to do. Uh, Will they do it? I don't know. But here's what I said. Here's what I look at, okay? If they don't eject Zelina from ringside, then Andrade's going to lose, but it'll be by disqualification, which means he keeps the belt. But if they either eject Zelina from ringside or there's a miscommunication between both sides, then I could see a title change. And the only reason they would do the title change, ladies and gentlemen, the only reason they would do the title change. okay, the only reason they would do it is to get people to tune into the Royal Rumble. That's the only reason they would do it. They would do it to get people to tune into the Royal Rumble and watch it. Either, either, either watch the replay or catch up on it on demand through the WWE Network or on the DVR recording or the cable. They could catch up on it on demand that way. Or, however, at least it would get people watching, being like, "Oh crap! They they actually did. They went through with it. They changed the title. They changed they, Umber- they had Andrade lose the title to Humberto." Because I think what WWE is trying to do with these two guys is they're trying to figure out who's the next, who's going to be the next big Latin American star. Because Corio's brother or cousin, if you will, Angel Gaza is the cruiserweight champion. You can't tell me that Vince McMahon doesn't see money with two brothers holding two WWE championships um, at the same time, and maybe down the line pushing for a. Brother, cousin versus a family match, or cousin versus cousin, brother versus brother, a matchup between the two at a pay per view. You can't tell me that Vince may not be considering that, or Triple H may not be considering that, because if that's the case, then it would make sense for Alberto to win. But right now, I'm going to go with Andrade winning. It's going to be by disqualification, which means we set up to another matchup, either the next now on Raw or at the following pay per view, where Alberto will win, or you hold off Alberto Colio. Winning the championship until WrestleMania, which would make a little bit more sense because it's a WrestleMania is supposed to be this big deal, it's supposed to be when dreams come true, memorable moments. What better memorable moment than that? And you know what? If you want to put it, make it a ladder match, add a few more participants. There you go. But I'm going with Andrade to retain his championship by disqualification by getting himself disqualified. So anyway, I know I said so anyway. Let's let's move on to the next match because I know I sounded like I rambled on there. The next match is for the SmackDown Women's Championship, that was recently announced uh, last Friday or after last Friday. It's Bailey against Lacey Evans. Now here's what's interesting: the rumor going around is Bailey is scheduled to defend the championship uh, scheduled to face Sasha Banks. At WrestleMania, now that's the rumor. Now things could change, but the rumor is Bailey is supposed to face Sasha. The question is, does Bailey walk in as the SmackDown Women's Champion, or does Sasha? Hear me out. You see the build. You see the building up the situation where Lacey Evans, now a babyface, wants to prove that with hard work and determination. You could basically achieve your dreams. You could achieve your goals. And people like Alex and a few others basically feel that they wouldn't put it past Vince McMahon to say, Blue eyes, apple pie, America, let's make Lacey Evans our new SmackDown Women's Champion because it's the American thing to do. So we can't, I can't say whether yay or nay they would do it but we would have to wait and see. Um, honestly, honestly, um, it's, it's, I know people are not going to like hearing this, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. Um, I, I don't... How do I put this? I do not how do i say this i do not see bailey losing the championship what i do see happening is lacy is going to win and i'm going to go with what alex had to say in his review last night i see lacy winning And I see her winning by disqualification, which means you would have two disqualification results in probably the first two matches of the night. And excuse me there, I just kind of burped. But you would have two uh, matches, if you will, uh, resulting probably the first two matches or one of the first two, three matches resulting in a disqualification where the champion gets disqualified, but they don't win, they don't, you know, they don't lose the chance, they don't lose the title. So, so, um, you know, let's, let's hope that whatever they come up with is going to be worth it. I mean, I could see, here's what I think I could see them giving the belt to Lacey only to have her lose it either on the SmackDown after Royal Rumble or on the pay-per-view following Royal Rumble. I could see them doing that. I could see them having her losing it at the, on the SmackDown afterwards or the pay-per-view afterwards, either back to Bailey or to Sasha Banks. Now, if you have her lose it to Sasha Banks, that's, that right there is your key that is your foundation to set up Bailey and Sasha at WrestleMania, which is being rumored because Sasha would then basically let her true colors be revealed that she never was friends with Bailey this whole time that all these years Bailey's thought they were friends and Sasha was just using Bailey because Bailey despite her changing her look up, Changing her attire, or whatever, destroying her Bayley buddies, that Bayley is still the same naive little girl she met in NXT. You know, that she's willing to believe anything people tell her. So I wouldn't put it past WWE to do something like that, where they have Lacey win only to lose it to Sasha. And then that's how you build up to Sasha and Bayley at WrestleMania. Where basically, as you build towards it, it's revealed that Sasha was never Bailey's friend to begin with, no matter, you know, for all these years. And that for all these years, even during the time in NXT, she was just using Bailey because no matter what Bailey does, despite giving herself a makeover, destroying her Bailey buddies, that basically she's still the same naive little girl she met back in NXT. So so again I, I like i said i would not i would not put it um back and uh, put it back but i would not put it past wwe to pull something like that and i know i'm not the only one i know alex if he's watching this or listening to it because yes it'll also be available through podcast. i know alex is not putting it past wwe to probably pull something like that but you know what He might like it He might enjoy them doing something like that Because you know why It's great storytelling Yeah it's kind of a rehash Of maybe what they did in NXT But you make it more personal You make it more personal um, If you will Like I said You make it more personal And sorry about that If you heard a ding Someone messaged me but well, like I said, you make it more personal because now Bailey basically, uh, Bailey basically has to, um, you know, ba- basically the story. And my dog was just waking up, there. I do apologize if I got distracted, and also I got that message. But like I said, you have Bailey basically go on a mission to want to get back at Sasha for using her and lying to her and basically lying to everybody. So, and, and from a story perspective, it's a great redemption story for Bailey because she'll realize that what she's done, the way she's been acting, it's all because of Sasha. It's because Sasha manipulated her. Sasha used her and that she was fine as she was. She was fine as the huggable Bailey. She was fine coming out with her Bailey buddies. So to me I think honestly honestly you know if they go with the direction of Lacey winning this Sunday against Bailey I and many other people watching and listening would not put it past them to have her lose it to Sasha either on the SmackDown After Rumble or at the pay-per-view following Rumble would not put it past them because you know why that's how they work that's how WWE is and here's the thing, if you're having Triple H helping out in some places, I would now put it past Triple H to say, you know what, you know, let's have, you know, Sasha, you know, reveal, let's have Sasha reveal that she's been using Bailey the whole time. You know, let's, let's have her do that. Let's have Sasha reveal that she's been using Bailey the whole time for her own uh, personal advantages that she manipulated her to act like this so she could get the women's championship. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. So I look at it this way: either we're going to have two disqualification results with the champions retaining, but the champions being disqualified as a result, or if WWE is behind finally doing Sasha and Bailey at WrestleMania, then you then I wouldn't put it past them to have Lacey win and then drop it to Sasha at the next pay-per-view on the SmackDown following Royal Rumble and then you build that and then you use that as your foundation to build to Sasha and Bayley at uh, Wrestlemania with the revelation being revealed to Bayley either through Tron or whatever you know which is a classic cla- which is a classic uh, move to do Which is a classic move to do because you know why? One thing that's always helped kind of make stories interesting and personal is when the person that's being manipulated, unknowingly being manipulated and lied to, sees the truth of themselves on screen. So, whether it's that way or whatever, I think it would, I think honestly, it would really help jumpstart. road like you get the foundation made with Sasha beating Lacey and then off to the races you go and then you go maybe that classic route of having it revealed on the Titan Tron by whoever maybe it's Lacey Evans that does not that Sasha has just been lying to her and using her so you know there you go again again it all depends on where they go with uh, you know go uh, this direction they may even hold off now here's the thing like I said they could have Lacey you know win the championship not win not win the championship but lose to Bailey not lose but beat Bailey by disqualification and then save the chattel change for maybe the elimination chamber um if you will where sasha would show her true colors and be the one that eliminates Bailey maybe be the last one that eliminates Bailey And basically, like I said, because I could see it going down like this. I could see it coming down to the last. If they were to do something like that, if they say, let's save it to the chamber. I could see them having Sasha uh, and Bailey and Lacey be the last three. They gang up on Lacey. Lacey gets eliminated. And then they and then Bailey thinks, you know, they've done it. They succeeded. They're good friends. Sasha is going to probably let her walk out with the championship. And then that's when Sasha then kind of maybe does an expression change. Ainge maybe says something like, How you, you know, nice does an expression change? There's some kind of motion where she acknowledges, Bailey, no matter what, no matter what changes happen, you're still the same naive little girl I've met in NXT or something like that. And then that way, and then you have the betrayal happen right there. Like the expressions in the faces could tell a lot. And if you have Sasha do something like that, you have that moment in the chamber where she reveals her true intentions. And then you have Bailey's reaction like, what? Like a heartbroken reaction when she's just realizing you've been lying to me the whole time. There you go. And then that results in Sasha winning. And then even if it's a short road, you build a short road to a redemption for Bailey to go up against Sasha at WrestleMania and then beat Sasha for the championship. And then maybe you have some stipulation to where if Bailey beats Sasha, Sasha can't get any more title shots unless she stops acting selfish or she stops calling herself the boss or something. So uh, again, I, again, it's, um, you know, just my opinion, but I think honestly it would be a I I think either way would be a great way to start off uh, that, that road to the matchup. A lot of people have been hoping for since the two came to the main roster. Uh, but whether or not it happens after oil rumble with Sasha beating Lacey for the title, or it happens like I just mentioned at elimination chamber, you know, with that one moment, it's uh it's up to WWE. It's up to what WWE does. And if I'm WWE, I put triple H in charge of that one. I put triple H and Paul Heyman, and maybe Bruce pictured in charge of that moment happening, because I'd rather trust two out of the three, which is Hunter and Paul, to get the job done, to make that happen. I'm not saying Bruce Prichard couldn't do it, but you know, I want someone that has been there before and can kind of make that has been there before and helped and allowed that allowed and helped Bailey and Sasha make some magic. I want someone there that has that experience to help them do it again. So, So I look at it this way. I look at Bailey retaining but losing the match by disqualification as a primary thing which would start off like i said a rumble with two matches two uh, uh matches ending in disqualification where the champion retains although they lose but i also see like i said the possibility that if they are serious about bailey and sasha this time i could see them having Lacey win and then Lacey losing it to sasha at um at the next pay-per-view or on the smackdown following rumble. Or I see them saving it until Elimination Chamber, where it comes down to those three. Then it's just, you know, Sasha and Bailey. And then that's like I said you get that moment. That moment that really gets people talking, like you get that expressionary moment where she reveals Sasha reveals her true colors. Lacey has the expression of being heartbroken, like she can't believe what she's hearing. And then that's where you have Sasha not only beat her down, stab her in the back, beat her down, and win the championship. Then, but then you build towards the match at Mania. So it's two ways they can go with it: either Lacey wins, loses it to Sasha; uh, Bailey win, Lacey wins by disqualification, but Bailey retains, and then they save it. And then they save the whole, you know, build to uh, Mania between Bailey and Sasha for Chamber and for that one Pacific moment. All right, so the next matchup is a singles match. I don't know if this might be on the pre-show or not. It's Chad Gable, a.k.a. Shorty G, against Sheamus. Um, This is an interesting match. A lot of people, like Alex, are pretty much expecting Sheamus to win because he just came back. But I look at Sheamus as being someone that, because this has happened before. WWE has done this before, depending on who books the match. I could see Sheamus still legitimately being a dominant force on SmackDown and maybe even in the Rumble. But I could see Sheamus losing to Shorty G, to Chad Gable. I could see that happening. Now, I know, like I said, majority of people are saying Sheamus is going to win. That's fine. I believe that. I believe that's possible. You want to make him look strong in his his first match back. But then again, you want to play up the story that You know, Chad. No matter how people you know look at him, is you know, you know, despite his size, is a lot more stronger and a lot more capable of you know surviving and winning and toppling guys like Sheamus than you know others would think. So, I'm going to go on a limb here. I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say Chad Gable beats, upsets Sheamus, but then. But he does it in a way to where Sheamus gets cocky, makes a mistake, he maybe gets rolled up or something. But then I see Sheamus taking out his frustrations in his first match back and losing his first match back on Chad Gable. Thus, you would remove Chad from the Rumble mix, and Sheamus would eventually just go into the Rumble to compete like he did last year. Okay. Oh, sorry, my finger at the mic there. Hold on for a second. All right, sorry about that, guys. For those of you that are listening on some of the podcasts, I just had a, had a little bit of a scratch to do. I, have a, I had a scratch in my head a little bit. I had a little bit of an itch there. You know how you get those morning itches, tingles, if you will, when you kind of have your body slowly waking up. I kind of had that, so oh, I had to remove my uh, headset for a second. So that's why you heard some stuff there. Um, and it's also because sometimes when you hold, a, when you wear a headset for as long as you know you do, you bound to have those moments here and there um anyway like i said i could see chad Gable. i'm gonna go on a limb and i'm gonna say chad gable my finger just hit one of the uh, outer rims of the headphones um but i could see uh chad gable upsetting sheamus and then sheamus taking chad gable out of the equation mostly the rumble by attacking him afterwards so i see chad gable winning shorty g that is to some of you then the next match is a Falls Count Anywhere match. It's Roman Reigns against King Baron Corbin. Um, I know some people like Alex are pretty much looking at this as a match that's just going to mask the. Um, is just going to mask the fact that both men can have a match, can have a good match against each other one on one, a regular good match, and that might be true. Um, but you know what? Here's the thing. Just because you may not, just because you feel that's the only reason you're having this kind of a matchup between these two competitors, or between two competitors like this, doesn't mean the matchup won't be good. You see, any time a match between two guys that people feel that in a regular one-on-one match can't really work well together, you know, can't really gel together. Excuse me, there. You know they end up putting them in a match like this to kind of either close out the feud or something. And, and basically that match turns out to be a lot better than people thought. So I could see, it's the honest truth. I could see this match being a a sleeper hit. I could see this being a match that, you know, you may, like I say, you may look at it as being, you may look at it What I'm trying to say, Uh, And, you know, it's very existence being the fact that it's going to, you know, mask, ask, you know, Roman Reigns and, you know, Corbin, you know, not being able to have a regular match against each other or a good match because they obviously they don't have good chemistry against each other. But just because you feel that way, you feel that this match is only existing. This stipulation is only added because it's to mask that fact. There's an old saying that looks can be deceiving. And don't judge a book by its cover. And to me, to me, that's exactly what this match could end up being. Now it could be wrong, but I believe that's what this matchup's going to be. It's going to be something that even though you feel what even though you feel that the reason the only reason for its existence, that's what I was trying to say, the only reason for its existence is to mask the fact that in a regular one-on-one match, Corbin and Reigns can't, you know, really you know, fight. You know, can't really have good matches against each other. Huh? I don't know why Roundtable's calling me. Must have the wrong number. Yeah, that was Roundtable Pizza. They've been called. They called. I don't know why they called. Maybe it's someone that's pretending to be Roundtable. I don't know. Um. Anyway, though, what was it saying? Oh yeah. Anyway, um, I know a lot of you people feel that the reason that the false Count Anywhere stipulation exists is to mask the fact that both Reigns and Corbin can have a decent one-on-one matchup. And that might be true. But as I was trying to say, and I know I'm repeating myself here, so I do apologize. Um, Basically, these kind of matches could be the kind of matches that are sleeper hits and the kind of matches that will surprise you. So I would not put it past. This match, I wouldn't put it past this match being one of those kind of matches to where it may not be match of the night, but it will be a match that you will sit back and go, after it's all said and done, you'll be sitting back and going, hey, that wasn't bad. That was actually better than I thought it was. So I've got a feeling that's why this, i got a feeling that matchup, this match, this Falls Can Anywhere match is going to be something, it's going to be in that category is what I'm saying. It's going to be in that category. Now, as far as who wins, I look at it one of two ways. One thing that Alex and I'm sure others have or will bring up is if it's since it's Falls Count Anywhere, you're going to have a lot of people involved. It's going to go throughout Minute Maid Park and maybe into the backstage area where you'll have the likes of Robert Roode, the Revival, Dolph Ziggler, and all of them, the Usos, all show up and try to interfere. I, I could see I could see something like that happening I could see that like something like that occurring. you know I could see something like that happen I could see uh, something like that occurring but the result but the whoever wins this match that to me either is gonna spell one or two things either the feud ends or some or the person that loses, Depending on how they feel, or is played up injury wise, that person wins the rumble. And I think we all know who I'm talking about. So yeah. If Roman Reigns beats King Baron Corbin in a Falls County, in this Falls County Anywhere match, despite as many as much interference as you may get, I could see, I can see the feud ending. And I could see Corbin, out of spite, eliminate Roman Reigns from the Rumble, even though he wouldn't officially be in it. Or I could see both men competing in the Rumble, Roman Reigns eliminating Corbin I mean, from the Rumble, thus not only adding the fact that he beat Corbin in the match earlier in the night to his resu- to that same resume, but also but to his resume, but also adding the fact that he just eliminated him as well. I could see Corbin pulling Reigns out of the ring, trying to, and thus eliminate him, him to try to get payback. And yes, that would mean the feud would continue maybe into one final matchup on Raw or the pay-per-view following. But I could see, like I said, um, the feud ending with Reigns beating Corbin and then eliminating Corbin from the rumble. And then – well, I, okay, I'll put it – I know what you're thinking. You're saying, well, how does the feud end if it's if it's going to continue? Well, I could see basically what I say the – I could see basically the uh, steps to it ending. I could see like the final pages to this rivalry ending or turning, if you will. I could see the final pages to the – I could see the final chapter, I should say, of this rivalry uh, beginning at the Rumble if, like I said, Corbin loses to Reigns in the Falls Can't Anywhere match, and then Corbin gets eliminated by Reigns in the Rumble, and then Corbin takes out his frustrations on Reigns by eliminating him, even after he's been eliminated. So I know I sound like a ramble did a little bit, guys. So I do apologize, but I could see that. I could see that. I can honestly, very well, see that uh, occurring. I really could. So anyway, I see Reigns winning this and thus that kind of closes the second to last chapter but it opens the last chapter of the rivalry which I think will culminate on the Smackdown after Rumble or on the pay-per-view after the Rumble uh, whether it's what is it Roadblock or it's the one in Saudi Arabia so I can see it going either way so I can go it so I can see it basically ending before Mania now with that said, I also look at the fact that if they decide to book book King Corbin to win, then I could see Reigns eliminating Corbin from the Rumble, and I could see Reigns injured or not, or playing up his injuries from the match. I could see Reigns winning the Rumble. So yeah, so yeah, basically I look at it this way: Roman Reigns wins, then it means he's not winning the Rumble because he's going to also eliminate Corbin. Or in front from the Rumble, basically making himself, you know, two and zero for that night, and then Corbin's going to pull Reigns out, eliminate him, and then beat him down, thus beginning the final chapter of the feud for the next pay per view or for the SmackDown following Rumble to be concluded at. Or I see Corbin winning. You know, you have Reigns beat down and injured, looking like he may not make the Rumble. And then all of a sudden, Corbin comes in at whatever number he's in, all confident and everything, a little banged up, all confident and everything. He beat Reigns, and then the next person that comes out is Reigns, and then Reigns eliminates him, and then Reigns goes on to win the Rumble. That's how I see it playing out. And I know people don't want to hear that. I know people don't like to hear me, you know, view it that way. But this is WWE we're talking about, guys. This is WWE we're talking about. If you if one if one is Vince's Golden Boys or Golden Gals doesn't win a singles match then that person wins the rumble good example Becky Lynch some people say she wasn't meant some people still argue in storyline that she wasn't originally in the rumble but she took Lana's place right so she took Lana's place made herself an official entrant and by making herself an official entrant she won the rumble she lost her match to Oscar last year, but what happened? She redeemed herself by running the Rumble. Do not put it past WWE to do the same thing with Roman Reigns this year when it comes to this Falls Count Anyway match and his entry into the Royal Rumble. Do not put it past them. Do not. So, again, I look at it this way. Reigns wins. We begin the final chapter to, to this rivalry um, ending either on the SmackDown that follows the Rumble on the pay-per-view afterwards. Or I see Corbin winning and then Reigns coming out after Corbin does, playing up his injuries, eliminating Corbin, and then winning the Rumble. That's how I see it play out. All right. So next matchup is Becky Lynch against Asuka for the Raw Women's Championship. This right here is despite whether or not you've been paying attention to uh, the show, to Raw, if you will, this is how you build up a championship matchup. You build it up by playing up to the fact that Becky, one of the things that's being played up in the storyline is her contract situation. We don't know how long she's got. Uh, Apparently she's probably got a lot longer than we thought we think, but she's playing up the fact that, oh, I may not have much longer. Playing up the fact and story that she's, basically using her contract situation as leverage to get what she wants. And what she wants is Asuka to prove I can beat you. I can avenge my loss to you. And it's going to be really interesting what they do here. Now in classic WWE fashion was Asuka kind of getting the upper hand on Becky um, two nights ago. It basically proves that Becky's going to win. Now, You know, even now, even Alex, just Alex, basically said that he basically said, look, you know, um, Becky's going to win here, guys. She's going to win. But he did play up some some scenarios of maybe they want to continue that storyline of Becky just can't beat Oscar. She can't. So maybe they continue that, but. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I think, I mean, if they do, then it shows that they have, they still, it shows basically that, cause here's the thing, if they do that, then it shows that WWE is willing to do whatever it takes to keep a lot of superstars from leaving. You know, some people are saying that if they put the belt on Asuka and then they have Kyrie get a championship match in time for WrestleMania that we would have ourselves a Joshi matchup, strong-style Joshi matchup between the two at Mania. And if that's the only way that someone like Triple H or Vince could be like, you know what? Because honestly, this could be Vince. He could be like, you know what? I'm hearing rumors that Kairi Sane and Iro Shirai oh, could be heading back to Japan and that stardom promotion. I don't want that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to have Oscar win the championship against Bay Becky, we're going to have hero, we're going to have Kyrie. I should say, win the Rumble, win an opportunity at WrestleMania, and then we're going to let those two ladies go to Mania, feud with each other, and have a Joshi Strong-style matchup, because that's best for business, and that will convince Kyrie saying to stay with us, because we're giving her what she wants. Or something like that. I mean, again, don't put it past Vince McMahon to think, think along those lines. Don't think about that. I mean, don't don't not don't think about it, but don't put it past Vince to think along those lines of, oh, you know what? I can't lose Kyrie Sane to Japan, or even AEW or wherever. I need her here. I'll give her what she wants, and what she wants is strong style. There you go, done. But again, that all depends on what happens. Uh, a majority of people are be- basically going with Becky, especially the, after what happened uh, two nights ago on Raw. So. I'll go with Becky too. I mean, I like Becky. Uh, this it's, you know, it took a bit, I'll admit that, but I, this new side of Becky Lynch, I like it. I like the man. I like this Irish last kicker, the man. I like her. I like the style of her. And the question is, where do you go? But, but here's the big question people are going to have. Where do you go with Becky after this? And my, my thought process is you got to get her set up for whoever she faces at Wrestlemania I could see her going from Oscar to Kyrie I could see that for the next pay-per-view I could see Kyrie being the next person to stand in her way that would be interesting I mean we've seen the matchup before but I could see Kyrie in her having a program a filler program as much as I hate to say that leading up to uh, Wrestlemania I could see that excuse me I could see that um, happening so So, I'm going to go with Becky. I'm going to join the majority here and say Becky wins. But again, knowing that Vince may lose Kyrie Sane or lose several superstars, I would not, like Kyrie Sane, I would not put it past Vince to put the belt on Asuka, let Kyrie either win the Rumble or um, win the Women's Rumble, that is, or even win an opportunity afterwards for WrestleMania. And then allow them to have a Joshi-style, strong-style-like matchup. Just to try to convince her of, see, I'm giving you guys what you want. See, WWE always listens to its fans and the superstars. I gave you what you want, and now you're going to stay. Because we're always going to give you what you want. Again, again, you know, it's just an opinion. In opinion, guys, of potentially what could happen. But I'm going to go with Becky uh, as the uh, popular choice. But again, and I just moved my laptop right there. But I would not put it past WWE to maybe go in that other direction, especially if they want to keep someone like Kyrie Saint around. Anyway, moving on. Sorry about that. Moving on to the next matchup. The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan Universal Championship in a strap match. Now, the last time we saw a strap match, gee, how long has that been? <laughs> it's been a while. I think the... When was the last time we saw a strap match? Was it about over a decade ago or something? I thought it was a lot sooner. Anyway, it's Daniel Bryan and The Fiend. Now, I like the fact that Daniel Bryan in an interview played up the fact that He's sick and tired. I mean, he showed a lot of emotion. Give Daniel that. Showed a lot of emotion here. He says he's sick and tired of the fiend attacking and then running away. He's sick and tired of that. So he's going to basically strap him, do something that many people might consider crazy and dangerous. And I like the fact that he acknowledges that, look, I know what I'm doing is nuts. I People that have, people I'm going to, people I'm around are probably listening to this and advising me that it's the same are going to advise me. It's this the same thing that it's nuts. And my thumb just hit the uh, mic thing here. Um, So I like the fact that he's playing up the fact that he's sick, sick and tired of the fiend running, attacking, you know, attacking and running. And that he's also acknowledging that, yeah, I'm putting myself in a situation that I pretty much could get hurt. Legitimate. I could legitimately get hurt. And that this side of Bray Wyatt wants to rip me apart. So, uh, we'll have to wait and see, but here's the thing about the fiend. Right now, what it looks like go wh- right now, what's going on is character wise, gimmick wise, is they're building up the fact that this whole fiend persona that Brace come up with. It's like, it's like he's got dual. Pers- it's like it's a it's a Dr Jekyll Mr Hyde kind of deal, and. Basically, what it is it recently, and we've seen this recently, is it's playing up the fact that Bray Wyatt, the fiend, uh, through Bray Wyatt or oh, helping Bray Wyatt, is basically acknowledging: look, everything the WWE has done to me, those the WWE has put up against me, you know, you know, I'm getting back at them because they wronged me. In other words, what this is building towards. Eventually, I don't know if Mania or SummerSlam or whatever. It's building towards Bray Wyatt and Triple H. You know it is. Here's why. Hear me out. Bray Wyatt is blaming everybody. It's targeting those that have wronged him. Because remember, his line is, never forgets, never forgives. So. He's going after Daniel because of what Daniel did to him several years ago, four or six years ago. He's going after him because of that. He's going after the likes of Cain and probably eventually The Undertaker, because we all know that might be happening because of what they did to the Wyatts. You know, if they bring John back in and maybe even The Rock to do something... They might have him go up against him to get payback. You know, and eventually, I think, however they go with this, it's going to lead to Triple H and in the, in the Fiend one-on-one because Bray is going to blame Triple H because he's going to say, you brought me in. You brought me and my family in. You said we would get to have opportunities to do what we want, run roughshod, whatever, and that never happened. You broke your promise, and I don't forgive, and I don't forget, and neither does he. So... Um, I think that's what we're leading towards down the line, and that's why we're kind of getting a lot of these flashback moments. These, you know, seeing a lot of these images of the Wyatt family and everything that all these individuals that uh, that Bray as the Fiend is going up against, you know, is recalling and showing. So, again, don't put it past past WWE to put Triple H as one of the upcoming opponents for uh the fiend but as far as this match goes i'm kind of surprised wwe is going to go with it because it is a violent match when you think about it it's a violent match um fewer discussion will be advised when it comes to this but i think one thing they are building up with the fiend is you know he's a hardcore guy he's a hardcore wrestler even though they don't really use the term that much that's what he is He's a hardcore guy. So I would I so I don't put it past WWE to, you know, at least on pay-per-view go with these kind of matchups. I I don't. Now, as far as the match itself, um I'll be in agreement with again, I'll, I'm going to have to be in agreement with Alex. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Excuse me there. You might get some moments in there where someone's going to get hanged a little bit. Might be a little disturbing, Irving and all that. And yeah, that's pretty much going to get WWE in trouble. Maybe if they do something like that. But again, it's pay per view, so don't put it past them. Um. So you know, I could see moments like that happening. Um, the match basically has to end, I think, when all four men when the men touch all four corners. I think that's how a strap match goes. Or if it doesn't, then I could see, um, I could see them taking that ruling out and just making it pinfall. But again, what I'm saying is that usually in any kind of strap match, any variation of it, the only way to win is to touch all four corners. It's basically touch the corner, touch the x on, boing boing boing. Now I could see. Now here's the thing. If they have the fiend, Bray Wyatt lose the belt, I could see that happening. and I could see that's the reason and I could see that being the reason for this matchup, because even in a defeat, you're not making the fiend look weak. He's still going to look strong. It's just that because of the fact that you're having Daniel, probably, thanks to the fiend, touching all four corners and winning the championship, but you're not making the fiend look strong. Because from a story perspective, it shows that one-on-one in a one-on-one matchup, Daniel Bryan can't beat the Fiend. He can't. So he has to result. He has to resort. I should say he has to resort to this. So. So honestly, I know a lot of people are saying the Fiend's going to win. I'm w- not disagreeing with that because you want to build him up. Um. You want to build him up to. Uh, you want to build him up for Roman Reigns at WrestleMania or whoever you decide to have him, go, have him go up against. But again, just like with Lacey Evans earlier, I would not put it past WWE as far as the SmackDown side of things go. I would not put it past them to have Daniel Bryan win the championship and then lose it back to The Fiend, either at the Saudi Arabia show, maybe, well, maybe, maybe not. I don't know if he'd go to that because he's been against that. Or I could see Daniel Bryan losing it either um, at the next pay-per-view, with the next pay-per-view not being the Saudi Arabia show, and I can also see him losing it on the SmackDown after Royal Rumble. I could see that. Um, So I could see them doing something... So I could see basically the likes of Daniel and Lacey winning the championships, but then losing it maybe a month or so later uh, back to the people back, you know, losing them to other people. I could see Daniel losing the universal championship back to the fiend. And I could see Lacey, like I said earlier, losing the championship to Sasha. So I could see all that taking place. I can see all that probably happening. So to me, I'm going to go 50-50 with this. I see, I mean, yes, it makes sense for the Fiend to win, but you got to remember, they're outdoors. They are outdoors. They're not indoors, and I know what you're thinking. They were outdoors in Saudi Arabia when the Fiend beat Seth Rollins. That is true, but again, you're going to have more natural light probably coming in a little bit uh, and more light all around that the red lighting's not going to really play a factor that much. And especially in Minute May Park, I don't think fans are going to take too kind of that. Um, so I could see the fiend winning the champ winning his match, retaining the championship, which would make sense. Again, you build him up, and you maybe have him attack whoever wins the rumble from the smackdown side of things. Or I could see Daniel winning the match. I can see Daniel winning the match, but you're keeping the Fiend strong because I could see the Fiend dragging Daniel across. Like, he'll try to pick Daniel up like this and go, la, 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 la. boing, and then Daniel's behind him, boing, and then Fiend's like, boing. Like, I could see him going that classic route where, you know, Daniel's hung up like this, and the Fiend doesn't, and the, they in one quarter, and Daniel's just touching the pad right before the Fiend does. So The Fiend's thinking he's ahead of Daniel, right? And then he's going to corner to corner. Bang, he hits it. Daniel hits it. He hits it. Daniel hits it. Right? So I could see a situation like that, too, maybe where The Fiend figures out, oh, wait a minute. He's doing the same thing. And then by some fluke, he puts Daniel into one of the corners, a la Eddie Guerrero to JBL. And then that's how Daniel wins. So in other words, you still have The Fiend look strong, even in defeat. So I'm going to go 50-50 with that. So I see the Fiend retaining, because that's what a lot of people are leaning towards, and it does make logical sense. But I could also see him losing the championship, but still looking strong. That's that's how I look at it. So, And, and, and that would explain, again, why this matchup's happening. Kind of get what I'm saying? So I could see the Fiend losing, and thus that being the reason this match is happening. So it makes him still look strong, even in defeat. All right, so the next two matchups, the women's Royal Rumble match and the men's Royal Rumble match. The women, it's kind of a toss-up because you know a majority of the women they're going to have in there are not just from both main rosters, SmackDown and Raw, but are going to be from NXT and NXT UK. Don't be surprised if we may, maybe, hear me out, we may get some women from the independent scene because, you know, WWE is in partnership with Evolve and And I think Shimmer, I think, is associated with them at times. Or something like that. So I could see some of those women coming in as a surprise. I don't know who it would be. Uh, But I could see women from both NXT brands and maybe some independent places coming in. Uh, I can see some surprises. This is what I'm thinking is going to happen. I don't know who you're going to have in there. Whether it's um, who who would you have in there? Oh, this would be good. This would be really good. Um, trying to think. Oh yeah, this would be really good. I could see maybe. Uh, okay, I see the iconics coming back, and the iconics doing the iconic pose in the ring after everybody's after they've come in the ring and most some of the women are probably down love trying to beat them down and then they do the pose i can see them celebrating thinking oh yeah we're cool we're dominating and all of a sudden three two one and then all you hear the and then all of a sudden the countdown's going down like three two one right I i could see the iconics being put into a moment where they return you know, beat down on some people, and then you do the, oh, iconic pose in the middle of the ring and celebrate, and all of a sudden, the countdown is going on, It goes like, three, two, one, and then all of a sudden, you hear this, eh. and the next thing you know, they're celebrating everything, and all cool, and they're thinking, yeah, nothing's gonna beat us, what's unstoppable, what, iconic, you know, kind of do, kind of thing, they're celebrating, and all of a sudden, you hear this, I'm not like most girls, and it's like, oh, shit, <laughs> I can see them doing that, I could see that you'll have two returns in a row or three returns in a row. You'll have Billy Kay, then Peyton Royce, Nia Jax. Bet me. Bet me. So, yeah, I could see the Iconics, you know, doing the iconic pose after they kind of beat down people. Three, two, one. I'm not. Uh, buzzer goes off. And then all of a sudden you hear like, I'm not like most girls. I was like, oh, shit. Game just changed. <laughs> Excuse my language, God. But I can see him doing that. Um, Do I see any returns? Well, Candace Michelle has been confirmed, apparently, from what Alex has said. Eve Torres is also being rumored. I would like to see Rindy Richter go in there. As crazy as that sounds, I would like to see her make an appearance. Because you want to go old school? That's old school. So I would like to see at least that happen. Um... But who do I think is going to win? Well, we do know that one return that's strongly rumored, if not strongly confirmed, but not mentioned, is Rhonda. I can see that. I can see Charlotte dominating towards the end. All of a sudden, like number twenty-five, and then between number twenty-five and thirty, you hit a three, two, one, and then eh, and then all of a sudden you do, 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 and all of a sudden it's like. And I could see Charlotte just like, she's up and everything. She's going through like her role, like a diesel like moment, but she's beating down people, eliminating some people. And all of a sudden, three, two, one, she's just posing. The next thing you know, you hear this. I could see them doing that. And then Charlotte would just turn around and be like, oh no. <laughs> like, oh crap. Not again. Well, not. Oh. So I could see her going like, really? You? You're, you're back ronda rousey i can see ronda coming in um into the the match and a lot of people have said that if ronda shows up ronda's winning and that'd be great because it looks like what they're doing this year with becky is they're basically making this a redemption year for becky where becky not only redeems herself for her loss against oscar and overcomes oscar but then she finally gets that one-on-one matchup with ronda at mania and she proves ronda wrong by saying hey I beat you at Mania last year, maybe not. That wasn't a fluke, and I'm going to prove it. So, I'm I'm going to go with Ronda Rousey if she returns. But who else would I go with? Now, Alex, Alex did five or three people. I'm going to go with. I'm going to, with all due respect, Alex. I'm going to top that. I'm going to go with. Ronda Rousing is being the number one choice to win if she returns. Shayna Baszler, if she enters, enters and Ronda doesn't. Charlotte Flair, okay. Charlotte Flair. <sighs> Sasha Banks. And one more. And you're probably thinking well, who could that be? Who could join the list of Rhonda, Charlotte, Shayna, Sasha Banks? Who, Who could join them? Hmm? How about... How about Rhea Ripley? Yeah, Rhea, Ripley to be the roundout choice. So those are my top five women to win the Rumble. Ronda if she returns, Shayna if Ronda doesn't, Charlotte, Sasha, Rhea. Those are my five. And you might say, well, why would Rhea want to enter if she's going to be a choice? Think about it. The planning to move Rhea up to the main roster. It makes sense. Now I know people are saying, well, Kyrie should win. Ero Shirai should win. I'm not saying they're not. In fact, those are my two wild cards. The two wild cards I have are those two ladies, Eero and Kyrie. But the legitimate ones, like I said, Rhonda, Shayna, Charlotte, Sasha, Rhea. And those are my and that's how I see and those are my picks for the women's Royal Rumble match my five winners again my five potential winners number 1 at the top most definitely if she returns ronda shayna if ronda doesn't charlotte if they don't go with shayna sasha if they decide to use the rumble as a building block to her and bailey and Rhea as basically a building block for her to get to the top of the of the WWE women's division overall now for the men's royal rumble <sighs> We do know that Edge is making a return. He's denying it. We know he's making a, conf- making a return. We know the possibility of John Cena showing up. So that's not a problem. So we know those two are pretty much questionable, but pretty much confirmed locks. At least one of them is. We know Brock Lesnar is number one. We know that a lot of people are predicting Brock to go at least up into the midway point of the Rumble, if not towards the end. Here's the thing. I don't think Brock's going to even last the first few minutes because the first person they're going to bring out, because I could see them doing this. Brock Lesnar's going to come out first, think whoever he's going to face is going to be an easy walk in the park. The announcement of number two gets made, and I can either hear for the number two entrant, I could either hear a, well, it's a big show. Or I could hear a, brawn. I could hear one of those. And then that, to me, whether you like it or not, that, to me, or even a hoo, ah, hoo, ah, Samoa Joe, either one of those that come out next, that's going to keep Brock in for a while. And that's going to weaken down Brock to the point that whoever comes in at the moment he needs to be eliminated, that's the one Brock's going to feud with going into Mania. And a lot of people are saying it's going to be Keith Lee. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him if they... I don't blame him for believing that because it would make sense. Heck, I could even see a bong or a dee, de, de, or if you can know me playing at number two. Well, at least maybe not number two, but I could see a D de, playing at number two or three. That way you keep Brock in there. And from a story perspective, you have. Equal power to knock him down, beat him down to the point that it makes it easier for whoever WWE chooses to feud with him going into Mania to eliminate him. And that person apparently is Keith Lee. But, despite that, and despite the fact that you're going to get numerous NXT stars in there, some numerous returns besides Edge and possibly John Cena and The Undertaker, who wins? Who wins? Well, just like with the women, I have five. I have five potentials Roman Reigns, most likely. Kane Velasquez, because he's in the Rumble. Tyson Fury, because he's potentially being considered. So that's three. But then who else? Keith Lee. And believe it or not, I never... I I don't like saying this. I don't like saying this, but Lord forgive me for saying it. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I, I could see that. I could see... WWE having Brock win... And then make the announcement that he wants to challenge the universal champion, whoever that may be, at WrestleMania to unify the belts so that there's only one champion and one champion only across both brands. I could see them doing that. And I think it's a great idea. Or at least have him be champion across uh, both brands, period. Well, he wants to be the champ of both SmackDown and Raw because Maybe in a promo you can have Paul Heyman acknowledge that Fox wanted Brock in the first place, and the best way they can get Brock back is him becoming the Universal Champ simultaneously as the WWE Champ, and maybe acknowledging that since he can't be WWE and UFC Champ, this is the next best thing. So I wouldn't put it past them to do something like that. But Roman Reigns, yeah, I could see that because you know, as Alex put it, you know, Vince is determined to be like, okay, I get what they want. Now, I'm going to get what I want. It's rains against Lesnar at WrestleMania. Oh, the money. It's going to draw the money. Because that's all Vince is doing. He's thinking about that potential matchup. And to us fans, this is what he's doing money. He's convincing all the people that may be against him, saying that may not be a good event, good idea, Vince, to go with that. Vince is going like, but remember, it makes, but yeah, I understand, but it would make money, money. That's all it is. It's money. He wants box office attraction. So it's either Reigns as the top one, Kane Velasquez as the second choice, which would make sense because, you know, it's box office no matter how you look at it, no matter how you feel. And since it's WrestleMania, I wouldn't put it past WWE to say, you know what? Both have MMA backgrounds. Let's make it a freaking MMA match. Let's make it MMA rules. I wouldn't be surprised. Would you? As far as Tyson Fury goes, that'd be interesting, but I don't know. Keith Lee, that is something people would actually get behind. Keith Lee, if you saw what he did outside of Full sale during NXT last week, trying to get at Roderick Strong, he pounced a security guy, whoever, right into the freaking pushes like it was nothing. Can you imagine what he's going to do to Roderick tonight? Whether he wins the belt or not, that being the North American Championship? But someone like Keith Lee, Survivor Series, that was the starting point. Now you got to finish it. CM Punk Phil Brooks said it best, strike while the iron is hot. And you know what? You want and at the same time, you strike whether the iron is hot with Keith Lee. And at the same time, as I was trying to say, you establish that NXT is definitely the show for WWE, the main roster show to be part of, or something like that. So Keith Lee would definitely be a good choice. But then again, I wouldn't put it past WWE to let Brock Lesnar win so that he can have the distinguished distinguished, so he can have so he can have the distinguishedness of saying of being one of the few that went from number one to the end and won the Royal Rumble entered one and then won the whole damn thing he can have that distinguishedness of being one of those men and at the same time you have him challenge the fiend and yeah, that makes room for more matches at WrestleMania to potentially happen. But you set up the story that you set up the story that goes like this, the fiend's unstoppable. He's a beast, but you can have Paul Heyman say there's only room for one beast. There's only one room for one dominant force. And then you play up the fact that since Brock can't be simultaneously WWE and UFC champion, the next best thing is to be the WWE champion and the Universal champion. And you can even, like I said, play up the fact that Fox wanted Brock is the best way they can get him back. So. So, yeah. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> so yeah so my finger just hit the mic there i do apologize but yeah that's that's honestly what those are my five picks five pick okay so those are my five picks brock lesnar i mean roman reigns number one obviously cain velasquez tyson fury keith lee and brock lesnar the wild cards out of that it's going to be this is going to be interesting here's my wild cards the two wild cards that i have are kevin owens And Daniel Bryan. That's what I see. Because if Daniel doesn't win, I don't put it past him to put him in the rumble. So Kevin Owens or Daniel Bryan to win. But I don't think Kevin's going to win. And unfortunately, if Daniel wins the championship, I don't see him entering. Now you might say, "Well, why wouldn't Kevin win? He's he's on a roll." Here's what's going to happen: Kevin's going to enter. He's going to bulldoze over people. He's going to look dominant. Three, two, one, and all of a sudden, you're going to hear, here comes the money. And you know exactly what that's going to lead towards. Because I can see Kevin being dominant and everything, going like, ah, ah, And all of a sudden, three, two, one, all of a sudden, here comes the money. And all of a sudden, Kevin just stops and goes like, oh, no. <laughs> so there you go. That's why Kevin's not going to lose, because he's going to get eliminated by a returning Shane McMahon. Bet me. Bet me. Bet me anything that's going to happen. So that's pretty much basically my Royal Rumble predictions and previews. Now, like I said, my top five for the women are Ronda Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, and Rhea Ripley, with the two wild cards being Iroh Shirai, Kyrie Sane. Men, Roman Reigns, Kane Velasquez, Tyson Fury, Keith Lee, Brock Lesnar. The two wild cards being Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan depending on the Universal Championship match and the result there. So So, anyway, that's pretty much how I see the Rumble going. Again, am I wrong in some of my predictions? Probably. I know that right now I am number eight as far as Deluxe Man, just Alex, as uh, just Alex, I should say. I do apologize for saying that, uh, is uh, concerned when it comes to his rumble. Um, it comes to his uh, rumble contest, his Royal Rumble contest. Last year I won it because Becky Lynch entered at the number that Lana was supposed to, which I think was 28. And I ended up winning. Unfortunately, due to some personal reasons and all that, Alex couldn't, um, do my request for a video because either I didn't have time, either I didn't have the time to get it to him or he just had some personal issues come up and that's fine. I completely understand that. No problem. Um, Do I think I'm going to win this year? It all depends on who WWE slots in at number eight on both uh, rumbles. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, Anyway, that's pretty much going to be about it. And uh, thank you fortune for shooters and drip boys Uh, For coming into the live chat I do appreciate your comments and everything Uh, Fortune for Shooters Actually has a prediction They say for the Men's Royal Rumble Is Brock Lesnar The second pick is Roman Reigns If the NXT wrestlers are involved Adam Cole, Bray Wyatt Sheamus, Becky Lynch, Andrade Bailey, Roman Reigns and Ronda Rousey Now Drip Boys Says that they think Cena Is going to come back at 30 and eliminate Brock Setting up Cena's greatest WrestleMania moment Well, we'll have to wait and see if they want to do that. I don't know if they'll want to. So anyway, though, guys, uh, that's pretty much going to do it for this Royal Rumble predictions and previews. You'll also be able to listen to this when I get a chance, when it's fully uploaded and ready to go on YouTube. I will copy the link and bring it to the podcast areas on the various podcast locations that I'm on, those being, of course, uh, anchor.fm. Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, and various other outlets. So uh, check those out. Check that out when it happens or when it gets posted. You will see the link in Twitter and on Facebook. So uh, that's about it, guys. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for watching. I really appreciate it. And I hope you all have a good day. And I will be back with more videos. But thank you all for watching this hour and a half half, <laughs> preview and predictions for this year's 2020 WWE Royal Rumble live this Sunday from Minute Maid Park in Houston, Texas.